Alright, audience, here is a question for this episode. True or false? You have to have, you have to have, oh, let's do this again. <clears throat> hey, audience, here's a question of the day. You don't have to have anything wrong with you to get acupuncture treatment. Is that true or false? The answer will be at the end of the episode. Hey, y'all, I hope you're well. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Boulevard. This is a podcast where we shine more light on healthcare and our goal here is to provide more options to people looking to choose healthcare as a career path, regardless of their background. My name is Sena Kakpomo and I am your host and creator here. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Remember, you can tune in on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Without further ado, Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, audience. We are here for another interview. I'm here with Nikki today, who is an acupuncturist. I'm very excited to get into it because she's uh, a combination of Chinese medicine and bridging the gap between that and Western medicine. So I'm very excited to hear from her and share her experience with you guys. Nikki, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you. I love to hear it. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am a acupuncturist or a Chinese medical practitioner in Minnesota. I have been practicing for 12 years. I have a private practice um, where I have myself, another um, associate doctor and intern. And we are just a fabulously fun, bustling clinic. Um, my clinic is a little bit different than most traditional Chinese medical um, um, other clinics. We typically partner and collaborate with Western healthcare professionals. Um, as I went through school, um, gosh, well, 12 plus years ago, mm-hmm interesting because we were kind of brought up in the culture that working with western healthcare professionals was like taboo like they were like no like we didn't we didn't work with them and when I started my practice I thought to myself like where's all the sick people (laughs) they're at the doctor's office (laughs) that's true that's the first thing that's where you're going to find Especially if you practice in the Western world, that's where most of us find ourselves whenever we have an itch or a pain or anything. <laughs> yes. And so I started thinking like, I, so how I went into Chinese medicine is I started, I really wanted to be an ER doc. Mm. My goal, I saw, oh, I was just so excited. And then, you know, life happens and children happen. And I realized, gosh, I'm never going to be able to have the, the schedule for my children that I wanted being an ER doc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, gosh, so I kind of took a like a sabbatical from school. And then I had really bad shoulder pain. Mm. And I did um, chiropractic, cortisone shot, physical therapy, massage. I did everything I could. And there was no specific injury. It was an unspecified pain. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So I went to an acupuncturist. And within two months, my shoulder pain was gone. I was sleeping better. I wasn't so crabby. It was amazing. So that's mm. when I kind of made the shift from Western medicine into Eastern medicine, which then kind of gave me the 
like the beautiful collaborative thought of we're so fortunate we have western medicine mm -hmm. and we're so fortunate we have eastern medicine like why don't we all work together yeah and that's kind of where my my dream and, and aspirations of bridging the gap between eastern and western medicine kind of came together it's amazing so i i did take a look at uh we, we talked before this and you went you actually went to acupuncture school in china is that correct yes yes okay so I took my i did my bachelor's of um health science in minnesota and then i went to northwestern health science university for my master's degree in chinese medicine and then went for advanced training in tianjin china how was that how long were you there for oh my gosh it was amazing it was just incredible and oh so we goodness. took um most of our um education here in the us and then we went to china for um, clinical um, experience exams mm. so we were there for about six weeks okay okay wow now being in china and and essentially doing your clinicals at, at a place that's you know one of the sources one of the yes. major sources of eastern medicine what did you get anything from it that you think maybe you wouldn't have gotten had you done your clinicals in the states yes the one thing that that i think is also just really helped broaden my perspective and horizons was in china when you go to the hospital or you go to the doctor's office that you you kind of in a sense go before like a board you mm. tell them the complaint and then this, these collaborative sources of doctors decide if you're going to go into Western medicine or Eastern medicine. And there is where I started realizing and seeing how much Western medicine and Eastern medicine were being used together in China. Mm. It was amazing. Like they do acupuncture for sedation before surgery. Mm. They do acupuncture for epidurals for labor and delivery. Labor wow and so wow. that i think probably was one of the most eye-opening uh, moments for me where i thought gosh here's where this amazing medicine has originated and they've embraced mm -hmm. eastern and western medicine so why aren't we doing it yeah 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 it's it's definitely great to see the collaboration because we we definitely have that division in a lot of field but but you know speaking of the healthcare field wherein it's like, this is what I do. This is the best way to treat this, you know, disease or what have you. And the other person is like, well, this is the best way to do it. And nine times out of 10, as you've noted, there's, they're both right in one way or the other, right? And and yeah. a lot of time we've noticed that we are stronger together than apart. <laughs> So oh, if that's absolutely. true in life, why not in medicine, right? <laughs> I totally agree. That's it. I mean, let's be honest. We always say it takes a village. It certainly does. And some patients, they need a lot of village members to help them out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now that you're here, what, what demographic of patients does your practice see? So for me, I have gravitated actually more towards like pain and neurology symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, I have just found this beautiful, wonderful, fun knack for helping people like with pain. Um, I'll say like my my own little like claim to fame in our little area is treating sciatica. Mm. It's one of those conditions that is really hard for Western medicine and even chiropractic care to treat uh, because there's just so many different 
variables. It could be mm -hmm. musculature, it could be structural, it could be it's so many different things. And so I ended up having sciatica due to a back injury. Long story short, I used myself as a guinea pig and I took the collaborative efforts of a few different um, Chinese medical practitioners that I've learned and mm -hmm. put it together. And it was like, oh, this really works. Like, this is great. I and love it. Yeah. So I would say probably most that I treat is pain and like neuropathy, whether it's from chemotherapy, diabetes, back injury, unspecified, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not where I thought I was going to be, but I really enjoy and love what I do. I love to hear it. Um, and what are some, how could you describe an acupuncturist to somebody who is not maybe familiar with the profession? Sure. So, so kind of like in a sense, like what we first tell our patients, or even like we do some educational um, conversations with um, healthcare providers so that they can understand how Chinese medicine works. Because it's not woo woo, it's not magic. Um, it's, it really is the body healing itself. So basically, we have 14 meridians. And you can think of these meridians like a highway system. Mm -hmm. And then the chi that flows through our meridians is like the flow of traffic. And whether it's illness, disease, injury, what have you, somewhere in the body, there ends up like to be a traffic jam. Mm -hmm. So let's just say something like sciatica. There's a traffic jam and it's causing pain. So we use specific points in the body to help with turning on the, the green light to get the traffic moving. Mm -hmm. So acupuncture, in a sense, helps to remove blockages, improve circulation, decrease inflammation, decrease different neurological firings that are going on that are creating and supporting these conditions, mm -hmm. and then help redirect the traffic so that the body then can heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love and, it. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, that's the one thing that's the beautiful thing about Chinese medicine is we're not 100% sure how the body is going to heal. So by working on the condition or the main complaint, we then just allow the body to unfold and heal the way it needs to. Mm -hmm. So the patient's sleep might get better first before their sciatica gets better. Mm -hmm. And so it's just little different things like that, that we are like, well, you know what? This is what your body needed first so that this can heal. And then mm -hmm. hopefully you won't have a reoccurrence. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you noticed of some challenges in your field, if any? The, like, I would say the, the top challenge is research. There's not a lot of research. Mm. There's research in the UK and there's some research in China. Um, however, in the US, that kind of research isn't necessarily regarded as, doesn't have a lot of merit behind it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and also too, because with acupuncture, you actually have to physically put the acupuncture needle in. And already right there, if you're trying to do a blind study, it's already compromised. Uh, I will say that there is some wonderful evidence-based medicine that is coming out about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. However, again, it's, it's one of those things that is very hard to prove. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the other thing that we find challenging is Chinese medicine is wonderful, but it's not always fast. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and even, even with Western ways of, of treating 
you know, patients too, depending on the conditions, we, we you know, as we both know, however long it take you to, it took you to get there, whether it's back pain from, you know, you not positioning yourself right, which most of us do because of the life we live. <laughs> Yeah. you know SSL health healthcare providers makes me um, want to shift how I'm sitting <laughs> I know <laughs> I know oh, oh is diabetes or obesity or high blood whatever it is that we're trying to treat a lot of time if it's not an acute situation it's likely going to take time to get rid of to, to treat to properly treat so however long it took you to get there you're going to need about the same amount to get back to normalcy right absolutely um, <laughs> so if you're if you can do it with a combination of both which will likely give you um a better outcome and if you, if you follow the the guidelines of the professionals then maybe get to a point where you're not going back to <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, Absolutely. but yeah yeah we it, 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 we are very impatient um, yes. And, and I, <laughs> yes, he, yes we are we've been we come to the patient yeah. and sometimes yeah. us providers are like the worst <laughs> patients no we're like i know this works why isn't this working what's going on <laughs> yeah and we're like oh yeah you know i'm getting like four hours of sleep because i gotta go 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 but i am yeah. still expecting my inflammation to go down like you're on five cups of coffee a day. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I'm not stressed. What are you talking about? <laughs> Life is um, great. I haven't slept in five years. It's fine. Right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I have lives to save. Yeah, I what got so much done own? today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, how have you find uh, any stress at all and what do you what do you do to cope with that especially being in your setting and working with you know the combination of western and eastern medicine so i was like without a dog who's when you are working with people i mean we healthcare professionals went into healthcare because they care very i i would i would venture to guess most of mm -hmm. us that went into healthcare is because we know that the body has the ability to heal and we want to help improve the quality of life of our patients. Mm -hmm. I guess like for me, when I, I feel stressed, if a patient isn't getting better or I'm not able to help or a patient doesn't come back because they're not getting the results they want or need, mm -hmm. I do really work hard to remind myself, I don't know what that patient is doing outside of my care. Mm. I don't know what their life is like outside of my care. And I have to keep reminding myself, I'm just a conduit of healthcare. They're getting better or not getting better is not personal. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is one thing that I work on every day when I leave. I'm like, I did the best I could with everything that I had today. And then I guess also too, is really making sure that I walk the walk and the, the talk the talk. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I do acupuncture if I'm in pain, I do my physical therapy. If my physical therapy isn't working, then I go back to my therapist or I go back to my chiropractor or I go back to my doctor or I go back to Reiki. Mm -hmm. I will make sure that I use this modalities that I tell my patients to use for myself so that I keep myself in as, as best health as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have like one, a wonderful team that I work with 
that I will add, you know, I'll be like, something's up. Like, and so we'll take care of each other or we'll mm-hmm. recommend something for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As well as I really do, I take, it's really important to me, like time off, mm. like just taking time to like enjoy life, like waking up and saying, if today's my last day, how do I want it to look? What do I want to do? Yeah. How do I want it to be? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to show up? So I think that for me is like probably the most important thing is just taking care of myself so that as I do take care of others, I'm showing up the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is definitely the best thing you can do. Um, Any growth growth and leadership opportunities as a chiropractor? And I know you have your own practice um so that's definitely you know uh the one of the pedicles but if if you didn't have your own practice or for people who necessarily are not interested in opening their own practice and all chiropractors what are some options for growth and leadership opportunities well I would say without a doubt like just even supporting the profession by reaching out to other healthcare providers I mean, we can definitely like be, have a leadership. It doesn't necessarily have to be like in a business ownership piece of it, but it Mm -hmm. can be in education for your patients. It can be educating other healthcare providers and what you do and how they may want to, you know, refer patients and why they would want to refer patients. Even just showing up in the aspect of like your community um, and supporting your community and the fact of like, hey, health is important because we're taught to save for retirement, mm-hmm. like save your finances, right? Who teaches us to save our health? That you could take that anywhere. I mean, from yeah. young children to, I mean, your people at church, like, mm-hmm. hey, how are you? I mean, just being that caring person and just helping people understand if you have back pain, guess what? Back pain's not normal. Back pain is your body's way of saying, shoot, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think just even having that little bit, I mean, you could have an easy conversation at somebody at the market that could be some kind of foundational leadership for them to then take a step into just even making their health a priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. And do you, especially at this point in your career, you know, a decade or so into it, how do you maintain and keep your education and knowledge up to date? So I love, I love, love, love learning. Um, So for me, it's important to, one, obviously stay in my lane. I love learning about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. I have some um, incredible doctors that I just love learning from. Um, but then I also, for me, it's also about personal growth. So learning how to better communicate, learning how to be a better listener, understanding about kind of like what different conditions are and how they affect people. Um, I think we've all, you know, been dealing with the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and just understanding that some people are on one side of the street about coronavirus when somebody else is on the other side of the street and just learning how to be a, um, just kind of basically in a sense, just like stand in the middle and just allow people to have their opinions and thoughts and then allowing that not to then become personal or affect you. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important and to make that 
that treatment, that space, that conversation safe for the patient. Mm-hmm. That was a very interesting um, tool that I've learned because people have, they take their opinions very per- personally. Their personal yeah. opinions are going to affect their health. Yeah. So yeah. how do I then listen to them, appreciate what they have to say, and then comprehend how that may be affecting them mm-hmm. and then treat them accordingly? So our education um, and growth, I think, is obviously in our modality in which we've, you know, um, decided to take healthcare in, but it's also about how are we talking and working and and just being supportive to our patients Mm -hmm. and allowing them just to be who they are in that moment and not like just taking that step back Mm -hmm. and not allowing like my opinion, it's got to stay outside. Yeah, yeah, um, that's definitely been a lesson learned with with this whole COVID thing. Where in, you know, the, regardless of where you stand, it's like you said, it's very strong either way. And if you if you are not in a situation where you're able to have the conversation, uh, listen to what they're saying, whether you agree with it or not, not go right. too deep either way because you never know what's on the other side. And still do the professional job and you know and move on to uh to the next thing otherwise it's like you get you can easily find yourself in a rabbit hole and you're like oh sure how did yes. i get here <laughs> like, <laughs> yes you can and then like you get yourself and then it's like it's so hard to like back yourself out where you're like oh geez like yeah. i thought we were on the same page but we're not oh yeah boy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't a lot want to of time, add to your issues. And oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of time is just like listening and be like, I can I can see that. I can understand that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and yes, get into because, the meat and butter. Yeah. <laughs> and then to hopefully swiftly move past it and be like, okay, I acknowledge that. I understand that. Let's hear more about what's going on with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's an art. It's definitely an That's art. <laughs> for sure it's an art for sure (laughs) oh my goodness so I want to get an a better idea of um what a consultation is like for you between you and a patient so when a patient comes in say especially a new patient is referred to you uh, and they're coming with their chief complaint or the main reason they're there what is you, the the steps are you taking? Of, obviously, you're taking history. I'm imagining it's much yep. the same as what we are doing in uh, yep. in the doctor's office. And can you sort of walk us through that a little bit? So when a patient comes in, they fill out just a regular, you know, health history um, form. We want to know everything about, you know, whatever you got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if the patient comes in again, like let's just say, like they come in for shoulder pain we're still going to ask them a gamut of questions because in Chinese medicine, the shoulder pain happened because there was some sort of blockage, deficiency, excess, whatever, somewhere that allowed for that area to be vulnerable to injury. Mm -hmm. So we're going to ask them, how's your sleep? Mm -hmm. How's your mood? How's your digestion? How, how, you know, we're going to ask them everything. And, And we explained to the patient, like, if you have this kind of pain, the meridians that run through that area govern over the liver, govern over irritation, govern over eyes, muscles, mm-hmm. free course of energy. So we're going to ask about digestion because if your digestion's slow, 
that helps us understand why there's a little bit of a traffic jam here. So we ask about not only what the condition is, but we need to figure out what other contributing factors and meridians are involved. Mm -hmm. So like, just for instance, if a patient comes in with hot flashes, we're gonna ask them, okay, how's your sleep? How, any dry eyes, hair, how's that? Um, any anxiety, how's your dreams? This is, and then we get to the point where we wanna figure out how are the hot flashes affecting other meridians? Mm -hmm. And then a couple of the other diagnostic tools that we use is we look at the patient's tongue. Mm -hmm. So the tongue has a map of all the meridians. So the size, shape, color, texture, if there's teeth marks, no teeth marks, if it's moist, if it's dry, if there's a coat, no coat, all of that is going to help us understand what's going on in the meridians when it comes to the aspect of like yin and yang. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be able to better understand, are there hot flashes coming from a hormonal aspect? Are there hot flashes coming because they have adrenal fatigue, they're getting adrenaline rushes, which then are creating anxiety, which then is creating hot flashes. Mm -hmm. Are the hot flashes coming because of a shui deficiency? So we could have three patients that come in with similar conditions, but they all have different diagnoses. And those diagnoses are coming from different meridians. Mm. And then we also feel the pulses. So we feel the pulses, we use three fingers, you use the index finger, the middle finger, and the ring finger. Mm -hmm. Each position of the finger represents two different meridians. That will help us then understand how the flow of chi is moving those meridians. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it deep? Is it weak? Is it surface? And that again, just helps us go, okay, this meridian is deficient. This meridian is excess. This meridian has a yin deficiency. This meridian has a yang deficiency. And those tools help us then also come up with an idea of like what kind of herbal formula we may want to then incorporate to the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then once you have a plan for the patient, mm -hmm. do, are you usually doing a couple of visits with them depending of course on, you know, the, the, the reason they're there and how, how complex the situation is? Yes. So kind of like what I tell patients, because most of us understand physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go see your physical therapist a couple of times a week for the first few weeks going to do all your exercises at home, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you're going to spread it out to once a week and then bi-weekly. So we kind of follow the same suit as that, where it's like, we're going to see you a couple of times for the first couple of weeks, because we need to see the rate of response your body has to acupuncture. Because mm -hmm. every body is different and every body is going to, you know, respond differently. And again, that brings us back to the, I don't know what the patient's doing outside of my care. So if they're not eating or sleeping or exercising or exercising too much or whatever, that's going to contribute to how their body responds. So after sense. the first like two or three weeks, we just kind of do like a reassessment. And I found asking the patients to measure backwards. So we go back to, here's your main complaint and here's what you felt like. What changes have you noticed? Mm -hmm. I don't ask them how you feel. Is it better? Because 
when we ask patients if they're better, they're going to say no, mm-hmm. because if they're still having any bit of the symptoms, they're not better. Yeah. So helping them understand the progress that they made is very important because that's going to give them those tools of like, oh gosh, actually I've, you know, I was having hot flashes every night. Now it's every other night, or mm-hmm. I'm actually not having night sweats. So she's kind of flushes. I don't have to change my clothes, that kind of thing. Now, if a patient isn't noticing changes within like the first 10 treatments, that's where I'm going to be the first person to say, okay, we're going to add either, we're going to look into this because within 10 treatments, we should see something, some kind of change. Mm -hmm. And then if we're not seeing much change, that's what we'll kind of do like a little bit more of a deep dive into what their life is like at home, at work, that kind of thing. And then that's where we also then start pulling in some collaborative care and support for the patient. Okay. Okay. And uh, what, uh, what, how long was your education overall? So, um, well, your four years, mm-hmm. bachelor's, and then master's degree. Um, here in Minnesota, they've now changed the um, Chinese medicine from a master's degree to a doctorate program. Mm-hmm. So now anyone that is graduating here in Minnesota from, and I think it's throughout the U.S., mm-hmm. um, anyone that's graduating from, I believe, like 2019 on, it's a doctorate okay. program. Okay, okay. So that, that you can go into that with the, so as, so you had, you had yours as a master. So Rana, you right. practicing that with the master's degree, but then right. they're doing that thing where like in many professions where they're switching. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I see no profession is left behind on that. Yeah. Regard. So, you know, it's like, Absolutely. okay. Okay. Uh, I and, I, and I get the flyers in the mail all the time. Would you like to, you know, get your doctorate? It's like, uh-huh. what, what are they even, what does that even look like for you Ooh. since you've already had the education and have essentially went as far as you could at that yep. time. So yeah. what would there be? Do they have like one year, like master's doctorate program type of situation? I believe so. I believe that it would be another um, three trimesters, uh-huh. which probably equates to about a year, mm-hmm. another year of schooling, um, and then one more board exam. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I, I'm good. If I, if I wasn't, <laughs> um, if I didn't have a busy practice. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm fortunate right now, like my children are grown and gone. They're 22 and 29. So they're, oh. they're off living life, loving it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, at this point, I'm like, gosh, you know, it, it, my, my years of experience have just given me such a wonderful um, knowledge base and practice that I guess if I felt like I needed probably to further the education piece, I would. Yeah. Um, at this moment, I just don't um, see that, that I, that I need that. I can, I do yeah. my continuing ed as I, as I love doing, but I just don't feel that I need to go back for it right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally justified. That's yeah. totally justified. And last question before I let you go, any word of advice for future acupuncturists or especially those wanting to do Eastern medicine and perhaps do something like you're doing and really bridge the gap between Western and Eastern medicine? 
yeah, I would say for without a doubt, please go into Chinese medicine. We need to grow the profession. It is mm-hmm. a beautiful medicine. It collaborates incredibly with so many other um, therapies and, and medicines. And I would say, take your time, pick your school, mm-hmm. enjoy the medicine, love the ride. And then when you do graduate, find a, a doctor, a practitioner that you can follow and that is willing to mentor you. Mm-hmm. There's so many different, as I'm sure in every um, area of medicine, experience is the most incredible knowledge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. having that mentor or that person to help support you through school and once you graduate, just really definitely can make the difference for you. So find a mentor. If you need help finding a mentor wherever you are, you can, I'd be happy to help you. Um, mm-hmm. But just having that support system and knowledge is just priceless. I feel that. Wow. Thank you so much, Nikki, for taking the time. I know it's even later where you are. Um, <laughs> well, I, this is great. That. I was so, I was thrilled to meet you. I have so enjoyed your podcast. I so love what you're doing. And thank you so much for just spreading the education and just bringing awareness to all different types of collaborative medicine. I mean, we, we can, you know, together we can help more and more people. Amen to that. And thank you for joining. I appreciate you listening. I, I really do love hearing my guests and people I admire and love what they're doing, uh, taking the time and listening to uh, my little podcast. So I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Thank you again for joining. Um, I'm excited to share this with the listeners and you have a beautiful evening. You as well. Take care of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay, and the answer is true. Acupuncture is oftentimes utilized in Western uh, society as a treatment, but it can be used as a preventative. And uh, you get to sort of hear some about some of that in this episode and also in the next episodes we have with the acupuncturist joining us. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. All right, that's all I have for you today. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you. Please subscribe, follow, like, comment, and share. And uh, stay blessed. Bye.